As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello and welcome to another Star Wars Minute. It's your daily podcast in which we analyze, scrutinize, and celebrate Attack of the Clones one minute at a time. I'm Alex Robinson from ComicBookAlex.com. And I'm Pete the Retailer from PeteTheRetailer.com. I keep expecting us to get interrupted here. I know, seriously. I guess today we are discussing minute 139, almost there. 139. Of Attack of the Clones. It starts off with a credit for our old friend Silas Carson, who played Kiati Mundi and Anut Gunray. And it, oh my it's garbage! Once? Kind of. <laughs> Welcome back! To the Star Wars Minute, I am your host, Chris Radke, and uh, Pete and Alex, as, uh, as we've been uh, doing all week, is uh, they're taking a, a, a hard-earned break. Um, yeah, bye, Pete. See you later, Alex. Um, I think they're going to go get sandwiches right now. Um, but I am here, uh, and, and I'm here to entertain you all and to uh, do all the Star Wars Minute things that you guys love, um, and, you know... I have a very special guest with me today. Uh, his name is Noah Segan. Noah, are you there? I am. I am here. Hi, Noah. Who the hell are you? Uh, I am a... Uh, I was once a young man. Now I am <laughs> just a man. But uh, one day, maybe I'll be uh, I'll be an older man. Uh, I, uh, I'm an actor, mostly. That's, that's what I do for a living. I've, I've worked on... Uh, some movies you may have heard of, uh, like Brick and Looper. Oh, with, yes, I've uh, heard of those. Yeah, with my buddy Ryan Johnson, who I've heard of uh, him too. yeah is finishing up uh, a little uh, little Star Wars movie of his own right now. That is that is correct. Um, the Last Jedi is uh, is hitting theaters. We don't have actually a release date yet. Um, I know it's December, but. Um, Maybe I'm wrong. He hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't told me. I. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't tell me much. <laughs> Nothing at all. <laughs> Nothing at all. <laughs> Not I haven't spoken thing. to him in years. <laughs> <laughs> I, I. I did. You did Looper remote. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it was like a mocap type. Th- he just would leave set when I would show up. That's like <laughs> what he likes to do. Yeah. Exactly. I know a guy. I gotta go. Um, so awesome. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, I think uh, you know. The Star Wars Minute uh, has been really just made these horrible mistakes by deciding to uh, dissect the prequels. And uh, here we are at the end of uh, Attack of the Clones. And, uh, and as, as, as you're my guest on the show, I asked you to, to go and, and reacquaint yourself with, 
easily uh, what a lot of people say is uh, is a very difficult movie to get through. But I don't want to focus on the negative here because uh, we, you know, enough has been said about the negative here. I want to focus on the positive of Attack of the Clones. So the first thing I want to ask you is, do you remember the first time you saw Attack of the Clones? Well, I saw all of the prequels in the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, opening weekends when they would come out. And uh, I, I think other than three, uh, I have not seen one or two since uh, uh, they were released in the theaters. Oh, so wow. I rewatched uh, I, I rewatched uh, one and two over the last couple of days to prepare for our time together here. And what was your and, and how was that? You know, by, by the time, uh, by the, by the time, uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin are flying through the city and falling and flying. And, uh, I, I I was, I was kind of relieved. I'd kind of, I'd kind of given myself over and, uh, and, and really enjoyed it. I actually, uh, uh, really enjoyed not not just because it's the 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 movie we're talking about but i really enjoyed uh attack of the clones i thought you know uh you had a good time uh, i had a good time i really liked uh ewan's look Mm. (laughs) okay yeah i mean he's really like his look well he is uh, he is one of the bright spots of all imagine imagine like showing up uh and and you know and he's like and and being told like listen man you know you get to grow like a cool beard and you get to have a cool haircut and you don't have to have like the weird little rat tail anymore but then <laughs> he's but got then, a really nice full head of hair like, oh really, it's, like, not, it's, it's meaty thick. hair <laughs> and and then but then like then like then poor hayden he's like bro you got to get that padwan rat tail going on <laughs> And he's like, I know, I know what you've been through. I know yeah. what it's like. Yeah, I wonder if they talked about that. It was like a bonding experience. Do you think Hayden, when he was growing up in the trailer park, had a rat tail? I mean, I think every child of the 80s at some point, if you didn't <laughs> have a rat tail, you wanted a rat tail. It was like you couldn't get, like, I don't think I was allowed to have a rat tail. Yeah, I was I not allowed. I wanted one yeah. really badly. Um, I wanted one that was, I, I, and I want to bleach it at the end. Um, but I was, uh, I was forbidden. Was not... I like to think of uh, I like to think that the rat tail choice uh, w- was like an homage to Gummo. <laughs> I like to think that George was like was like I really love, I love Gummo. independent films. Gummo really, really spoke to me. I really love Gummo, and I really want to like do like a wink to Gummo. <laughs> I uh, I hope Harmony Corinne he winds up doing one of these Star Wars anthology movies at some point. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Like a Spring Breakers style. Oh. <laughs> it's just all bounty hunters <laughs> hanging out. Um, yeah, it would be great. I think that would be uh, pretty interesting. But yeah, so Gummo. I think it, and Gummo probably came out around the same time as Attack of the Clones. I'm going to say it, it, it did. I think Gummo, actually, I think Gummo, Gummo came, came out. Uh, it predates uh, it. I think it predates but all uh, all the prequels. All the, yeah, I, that's true. I, I, now I remember where I was when I saw Gummo, and it was uh, I was living in Philly at the time, and it was before the prequels happened. 
But anyway, that, we'll, we'll have to save that for the gummo minute. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's my wait. I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the gu- I will do a, a, a awesome. minute, minute podcast. The gummo minute is really because the Star Wars minute has spawned. You know, I think it's it's the tally up to is, I think, 6,042 uh, different movies by minute podcasts. And uh, I don't think the gummo minute was taken yet. Um, so. That, I would good. like to do the uh, the red, white, and blue trilogy minute. <laughs> All of them just go through and suffer the, through that. Yeah, I would like to do like the uh, yeah the uh, the before series minute. That would be good. I would like that, like before sunrise, before sunset. You know? Oh my goodness! Yeah, that would be um, that would in this episode. Uh, Ethan Hawke is talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, okay. Well, listen, we're, 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 we digress. From the, is this from not the, usually how it goes? Is it not usually like a stream of consciousness getting into like '90s auteur cinema? Is that not what we're here for? Uh, that is. That was actually with the Phantom Menace minute had a lot of that. Uh, Attack of the Clones is was way more of just a bunch of beaten souls. Um, so, so yeah. So you enjoyed Clones. That is that is something that you know to come back and and revisit it. You know what? Forty years later, um, it is—it's uh, nice. I'm glad you had a nice experience. I, I really did. I mean, I—I—I I, uh, I thought that um, you know, it w- when you see Sam Jackson with a purple lightsaber, and and I think I actually think that I I heard him once say somewhere that he just asked to have a purple lightsaber because yes. that's his favorite color. Like he was just like, I just want a purple. And, and, he and a choice. At, and he at said, no point. Yeah. At no point did anybody go, well, you'll be the only guy with a purple lightsaber. Like, I think it's, it's, you know, well, and then, the, and then they kind of, kind of back, backed into it where it's, you know, his Mace Windu's study of Sith fighting lore has uh has made his you know his lightsaber is purple because he's a he's the most like tweener jedi um which i always thought was a load of malarkey but um you know it works purple lightsaber is cool i mean i just think we we let the guy have a purple lightsaber you know right. what i mean it's sam jackson wants I think a it's appropriate lightsaber, give it to him See, and I think there's a little bit of that in this. There's a little, there's, there's almost a little, uh, uh, relaxate, you know, you get like Christopher Lee, like there's something kind of pulpy about that movie. Yeah. There's I mean, something like a little bit, a little bit. And, and, you know, and, and I think that now we recognize after seven, I think we started to recognize that there was something a little bit rough around the edges that we really like about, about the original trilogy and, uh, and also about the aesthetic in general of, what was going on around the original trilogy, just like 1970s. And I'm, and now I'm just preaching my own no, no, uh, go, philosophy. Go. Okay. Wants to, wants to live in 1977. Like that, I will that... argue that if, it, and I, I've said this a number, I may have even said it on this podcast before, but if I, if Dr. Doom's time machine fell into my possession, I would go back to 1977. The, the movies that came out that year, the music that year. I mean, just the you know, Ramones and Black Sabbath. Yeah, I mean, and ACDC yeah, alone. exactly. Um, it's just like the birth of punk rock. It's like you know, and you know, it, it, it's 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 New York. It's it's like it's dirty. It's, it's fantastic. It's it's, it's hydrospanic. It's all that. It's it's very yeah. It has an aesthetic, and I think, and that has always been my issue with the prequels is that 
they didn't, you know, these movies to me didn't feel like the the pre the precursors to that gritty seventies feel. But um, you know, I, I one thing, you know, when you're talking about the kind of the influence, one thing I I do feel about Attack of the Clones is other than Star Wars A New Hope, um, Star Wars One, the first Star Wars, uh that Attack of the Clones is the most influential Star Wars movie on the entire saga. Um, there's characters and the design, the fact that a lot of the kind of the ancillary material with the Clone Wars cartoon and now Rebels, all of, like there's so much that that built off of Attack of the Clones um, that it has it's 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 absolutely has this like a imp- very important part in all of the the Star Wars movies. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think you know that there's something like I in in watching in watching one and watching Phantom Menace, I sort of found myself kind of like stopping and starting because it, you know, it goes back to almost like that, that sort of biblical telling where you're like, you know, and Abraham begot Isaac <laughs> and Isaac begot, you know what I mean? And you're like, wait, who, like wh- how far back you're going, where are you going? You know, and it goes so far back into, you know, the like, and you are just a, you were just a, a, a immaculate conception, you know right. what I mean? And, and then of course, like the weird age difference thing between, between An- Anakin and, and that's, Amidala. That's so old Testament. Right yeah, exactly. And you're just like, and you're, and you're, you're not putting any of it really together until you know it's it it is attack of the clones where you do start putting together uh how these people ended up where they are influencing the thing that 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 got you here in the first place right and i do think that there's like and there's so much expansion of the uh of the mythos and the lore with with um attack of the clones for better or for worse but it really is, you know, it, it, it more so, I think, than any of the other prequel movies, it drives um, the entire thing forward um, to the point where today in 2017, you know, the effects of Attack of the Clones are, are you know, it, it, it influences the stuff that's happening, um, you know, especially on the Rebels cartoon, just because of the it's an offshoot of, of the Clone Wars. I think as we start moving more and more into the 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 Disney realm with the anthologies, I think it's going to pull back more towards the, uh, you know, the original, uh, you know, the original trilogy, but that remains to be seen. We'll see how that all Well, it's also, out. you're also dealing with, with sort of similar timelines, you know what I mean? And that you're, you're, you're talking about, you know, what I, I, I what do they use? Is it BBY? Is that BBY. the, uh, before the that battle the, of Yavin? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. So it's, you know, you're talking about sort of the same, period of time where you're talking about, you know, 30 years, 20 years, BBY versus what were happening. <laughs> I mean, that's, 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 the, that's, come on, man. That's the term. What, no, what is this, it is. No, 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 I, no, I'm not, no, I'm not laughing you at know. you. I'm laughing with you. Go on. You know, and then, I mean, what is a year? You know what I mean? It's like, how many, what, what sun are we, are we going around? Um, but, you know, yeah. and now oh, you're talking wow, about that, a sort that's of heavy, man. What like how is a year measured when you got so many different suns to, to exactly exactly. Well, so but I guess my point is, is that, and I was I've actually had this conversation uh, um, with 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 people like Ryan, with a couple of uh, actual people who were working on the movie. Mm-hmm. And really, that's why I think measuring these films and these relationships in terms of generations mm-hmm. is so important 
because the concept of of time is is a little more is a little more fluid versus the idea that you're talking about something that we can all understand which is a generation okay this is this guy's son this is right. you know this is how long it takes you to raise a person which is also coincidentally generally how long it takes you know a government to shift or cultural shifts to happen you know it's it, i think that that's a little bit more of an appropriate way to think about it which is why you know, now I, I think it's 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 pretty easy for us to, you know, look at 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 the newer films and reflect back on these people's parents or these people's mentors or you know whatever, however their relationships go. You know, and I think it's and it also factors into just the connections because that's the thing. Like the whole Star Wars minute uh, community, there are plenty of people who love these prequel movies because that's what they first you know that's what at the time that's when they they were introduced to it you know so i think you know the generational thing really is does does kind of strike a chord because there's a whole now new generation like you know you know my kids are um their way into it and the characters that they're being intro- introduced to each year are just as important to them you know as the other like you know my, well, my my kids love rebels and like the rebels characters are some of their favorite favorite characters and all this stuff I'll tell you I have a 10 year old niece mm-hmm. and you know she only uh will only cosplay as Watto and it's really <laughs> inappropriate man i will tell you it is problematic for so many reasons grandparents must hate that i know it's like you know she's always trying to give me a deal i'm like cut it out please this is do you understand this is not appropriate um that's terrific Watto cosplay um that's that's something um I uh suffer because of the decks. This is going to go in a, in a in a really uh this is going to go in a in a BBG polarized... <laughs> before the battle of gummo. <laughs> there was no Watto cosplay at all. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Um, yeah, it is. It is. It, it's it's pretty interesting how, uh, you know, I mean, like, look, there's uh, people in, of you know, our generation, you know, kind of bag on the prequels. Um, but as, you know, a father of, you know, a 10 year old and a seven year old who. Um, who like all Star Wars in their mind, it all just kind of fits. And I just kind of, you know, and I think one of the things that, you know, uh, us Gen X losers need to do is kind of realize that it's not just ours anymore. It's everybody's. And let well, it go, you know, man. 
I'm far younger than you are. <laughs> yes, um, by, by maybe still, 20, 30 years. I'm still like a young person. So what I want to <laughs> say is that, is that I, I really identify with what the, the youth identifies with. Whatever that is, uh, that's what I you're hang in it. on. Yeah, so you're, you're on your own here. Man. Exactly. I, I, I'm yeah. a professional actor, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm I got to say him, bro. Yeah, I'm still 18. So, um, you know, I think that uh, one of the things that, um, you know, I really kind of want to touch on is, um, you know, y- your friendship with Ryan, right? Um, I think that there's all sorts of rumors and, and things, and I don't want to get into that, but I do want to talk about, about our About our friendship? About your friendship and the things you guys do together and some of the projects and, uh, you know, and I... I Is that I what we're calling them? Pro- projects? <laughs> your projects. Your, your experimental films. Um, no, but I want to know, like, how did you guys meet? What's Give me the story. What's, what, you know, let us know. You're, you're you know, his... We- you're the guy that he, that shows up in all his movies. You're a lot cooler than Glenn Grunberg, as far as I'm con- concerned. So, hey, uh, hey, hey! Let's. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 he's great. Their own alias. body, teach yeah. their own. You know. <laughs> uh, no, uh, uh, I just, I just, we, I just hang out around him so much that by the law of averages, he will eventually make a movie and I'll still be there. And so that's how I end up in the movies. Uh, we actually, we, we met uh, um, in, I, I guess, a, a pretty conventional uh, way uh, in that I, I had sort of, uh, I was, uh, I don't know, I was, I was about 20 and I had just started acting professionally as, as an adult. Um, and, um and uh had uh, a, a guy introduce me to Ryan basically because uh he this this guy who I, who I who I knew who was like a a manager an agent type you know his mm-hmm. job it was to see okay let me see if I can get this kid a job Wado. i think that he 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 was he was my Watto yeah. <laughs> everyone's got a everyone's got a Watto he's got a Watto uh, he was my Watto um but uh, this this guy uh, uh, had I, I think he just knew that I liked you know old movies and I liked independent movies and and I was uh, uh, sort of you know I was like twenty years old I was a very uh, 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 snotty intellectual mm-hmm. um, and he uh, was aware of this script that had been floating around for for years um, that was uh, brick. Mm-hmm. And Ryan so Rick, had been trying Rick was to... floating around. I didn't realize that. Yeah, Ryan was Ryan turned thirty uh, on the set of Brick and had been trying to to make it in one form or another, sort of since he graduated college, so almost ten years. Wow. Um, this guy had, had had been working on his stuff, and of course he was doing other stuff. He was he was a professional editor and uh, uh, had paid his dues. Yeah. He was, he was paying the dues and he was sort of, you know, I think trying to find his, his footing, but he had this, this great script and, and I read it and, and, uh, for those who, who aren't familiar with the movie, it's basically a detective movie complete with, uh, a detective style, uh, glossary, uh, vocabulary, uh, set in high school. And it is loosely based on the same kind of story beats as the Maltese Falcon. So uh when I met Ryan Ryan at that point was was 
kind of into meeting anybody because he had just I think he had sort of already been through the ringer a little bit and was really trying hard to get his movie made and I think it was just in a really open-minded sort of um, uh, uh, place which um, you know so, some would consider it desperate I consider it open-minded <laughs> but that that desperation or like people to hang out with you know it's, it's well, a lonely that, world that was what was so crazy about it, is that is that we meet and we start talking about about these old movies that influenced Brick and 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 as it turned out we we also really liked a lot of the same music a lot of the same other kinds of films and um and we both really like to go to this now, old now, movie now hang on a day. second I take yeah. a pause on that because I know that yeah. you are you like to fancy yourself uh, kind of OG punk rock Were you, is he does he into the the punk scene as well. He's into punk rock, man. He's also into, you know, he's the guy who turned me on to like Warren Zevon mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot of John Cale and these sort of like post punk rock. Do you have a favorite uh, John Cale album? Uh, do I have a, I have a favorite John Cale album, which is Fear. Yes. I was just going to say Fear is one of the, my favorite albums of all time. It is uh, uh, Barracuda Barracuda. Oh God. It's he Won't is... you lay down your life for me? <laughs> We'll have to, uh, we'll have to I, save that for the John Cale minute. Yeah, I oh man, I could do. But you know what? It's funny. You know what? Uh, what what? Uh, I I got for for Ryan for it was a birthday gift or, or a Christmas gift was this crazy uh, John Cale live record. The one with the that, with Hallelujah on it. Is that yeah? That's I think the it one is. That, and it's that, like pretty. It was at least when I got it, I felt like it was pretty obscure. I'm sure all that stuff's on Spotify now. So go and and listen to it. But the, at the time, it's like it the was cream colored white album cover with the script. I think is is on it. Um, yeah, and it and it's yeah, and uh, uh, um, oh man, what is that record? It's a live record. It is. And I know that like when you talk about. And when uh, the, the whole Hallelujah craze happened 15 years ago, that's where it was. Was uh, that was where I first heard that song? But um, but that, is that it live John Kill comes alive? Is that it? No, no, it's not John no, Kill comes alive. That's Peter Frampton. Um, no, he has another. He had one. Is it Sabotage? I'm gonna have to go and check the uh, my my pocket computer. You continue to keep talking about. All right, so you're talking about music. You, John Kill. So anyway, so yeah, so we we ended up becoming uh, we we en we ended up we we uh, his his apartment is one of his first apartments in L.A. was was walking distance to this movie theater we both uh, like to go to called the New Beverly, mm -hmm. uh, which shows Legendary. now exclusively thirty five millimeter revival films and That's the Tarantino and, uh, Tarantino bought it a few years ago to keep it open. Um, because he also loves to go there and, uh, and, and long story short, Ryan and I ended up just becoming friends cause we both like to go to the same weird old movie theater that was kind of trashy at the time. And, and like, you know, a lot of these, these same films and, and books and stuff. And, uh, we, and we, I, I, I think we were friends for, I think it still took almost a year since we met for him to finally get the movie going. Oh wow! So you were there with him through all the, the kind of the the pain and the heartbreak of, of and just the the intestinal fortitude of trying to push that through. It's actually it is that intestinal fortitude uh, that I uh, witnessed mostly because uh, I will say this about Ryan: he is a guy who you just don't see sweat. He is like the calmest, 
most collected. That's that's you know one of the, one of the many qualities that make him a great uh, uh, leader and director is that um, he's just cool, man. Cool he just keeps it cool. He really does. So you know, I you know now as a grown man thinking about making my own movies and 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 watching my friends trying to make movies and 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 work with them you know, where we don't have the same kind of opportunities that, you know, maybe a, a studio would give us or, or or something like that, I go, man, how did he keep his calm through that process? And he really did. And I think it shows in that movie in his first film. That's, yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's, and that kind of is a testament to where he's gone career-wise. Oh, by the way, it's John Cale's uh, Fragments of a Rainy Season is the name. Ah, thank yeah. you. Go go have a listen, everybody. Uh, yeah. So okay. So so brick happens, and brick. If uh, and I do recall brick getting some. You know, it had some good press, and it and it, it did. People did notice it, and that ultimately led to Looper. Correct. And I'm not missing anything in between. There was a movie in between called The Brothers Bloom. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I didn't, which I, is an incredible movie about uh, two brothers played by Adrian Brody and Mark Ruffalo and sort of a pseudo love triangle with uh, Rachel Weisz. Um, and it's a, uh, it's a con man movie. Uh, and he made that in between brick and looper mostly in, uh, in Eastern Europe. And uh, if you, uh, if you watch that movie and don't blink, you'll catch me in that one as well. Terrific. Um, yeah, you know what? I did know that, and I had never seen that. And I always get that confused with the, um, oh, what was that stupid? It was like McConaughey and Jake Gillen, Gyllenhaal. It was the brothers. They were like the Newton boys. Is that what you're? Uh, <laughs> I think that might be it. You think about the Newton boys? The you think Newton about? Uh, you think about? Oh, you're thinking about? Uh, uh, um, oh no, that's uh, uh, what was that movie? Um, uh oh. Uh, this is terrible podcasting right here. I know. I know. We're we're <laughs> keep it lively. You're, um, you're thinking of Dallas Buyers Club, is that's, what you're thinking that's of. Exactly that's what I'm it. thinking of. <laughs> the uh that was uh, yes, that was that was absolutely Well you should you should check out Bro- Brothers Bloom I need because to. in 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 a lot of ways I think that um there's a you know L- Looper is uh a very dark movie. Yes, it's a you know it's time so travel good. science fiction uh, uh, film, but it's 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 very dark. It's very dystopian. And Brothers Bloom has a lot of humor and a lot of lightness to it that I think uh, is something that uh, uh, you know R- R- Ryan uh, just simply has not done a ton of. And you might see a little bit more of it in one of his upcoming films, but. Uh, until then, I would check out uh, Brothers Bloom for uh, a little bit of a, of, a, of a different rhythm, different some, cadence. some prep. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. 
just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So then, so, so then, and then now Looper happens. And then you have a pretty significant role in Looper. Um, if anyone who uh, hasn't at this point seen Looper, um, you know, it really needs to, uh, it needs to happen before you see Last Jedi, everybody. Well, I, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I, um, you know, at that point, Ryan and I had known each other, I don't know, I'd been five years, six years, mm-hmm. something like that. And, uh, maybe even more than that at that point. And we had become, uh, very good friends and, and we'd, you know, we both, uh, uh, got into collecting a lot of the same stuff. Like we both got really into film photography and built a dark room together and spent a lot of time doing that. We call it nerd fishing. It's like, you know, it's like the way that the, you get into this dark room, right? And you're like, you know, mixing up these 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 uh, carcinogenic chemicals and, exactly. you know, you're, you know, going through this process and you're doing a lot of waiting. And it's much like, uh, I, I think, uh, uh, cool guys go fishing. Right. You'll be like sitting on Nerds a boat. develop... You know, <laughs> develop yeah. photos and you're in like, the dark you know, it's, like how, it's like how two guys are like you know sitting on a you know sitting in a in a boat in the middle of a lake for uh uh for seven hours and you nerds and are making just your own yearbook theater. in the basement <laughs> exactly and you know nobody says anything for six hours until finally one of you looks at the other and just goes i told my father i loved him today for the first time <laughs> and the other one kind of nods and grunts and then you go back to doing whatever you're doing like there's something sort of like you know there's like a therapy in there somewhere that's beautiful uh, that it's 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 beautiful and masculine in a very nerdy way. That's exactly right. So yeah. so anyway, so at that at that point we had we had become very very close and um, and he had been working on on this uh, this script and and the way Ryan works, it's funny. I, I I hope I'm not exposing too much of his workflow, but he will uh, ruminate for a very long time. He's a guy who does a lot of thinking and a lot of sort of plotting, and then one day. He will go, here's my script. And you go, wait, you were doing this the whole time. You were, you were, you know, you were, you were going off and, uh, and, and rattling off your pages and, and then there it is. And it's, and it's fully formed. And, uh, and that happened with, with Looper and he sends it to me and, and, uh, there's this character called Kid Blue, which is, uh, a nickname that I, uh, I got. Handle. And my Twitter handle, which uh, predates the, the, the movie, um, although now it looks like it doesn't. It just looks nice. like I named That's, my Twitter you're, handle you're like, after so, You're like thinking you're cool, and now you're that guy. You were it's in like the wearing shirt. the band shirt exactly. to the concert. Exactly. That's exactly what I was like. But there's this role. There's this this role for this guy who you know lives in in the future, but but thinks that he's a cowboy, um, and with uh, with with a a very uh, honored chagrin, I. Uh, I, I I thought it was just a great privilege that he that he did that for me. A great gift. Yeah, it's a it's a tremendous movie and um very original um and uh and really cool and it's got a great payoff uh at the end and just in awesome performances and and you were great in it, man. You're total you know, you weasel. Um uh, but it's uh it's like yeah, it was, it was uh it was definitely a uh, a lesson in uh in how to be the uh most pathetic bad guy 
could possibly be. It's like, how is this guy dangerous and also just such a schmuck? Like, yeah. how is that? Pot? Like, that's the that's the the genius of Ryan Johnson right there. You are a uh, you were the Looper's version of Alien Sleazebagano. Um, I was basically I was. It's like I'm I'm going back to Watto. It's basically like my Watto. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, my Watto. Um, so. Uh, Looper happens, and then over the course of that time, um, you know, were you? Did you know that he was trying to get the Star Wars gig, or did he keep that under the wraps? Oh, no, and 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 that you know, I, I all of that predates. Uh, um, Looper predates any of that. You know, yeah. Looper happened, and we made it, and we, you know, that but before any uh, discussion of that. Uh, of of Star Wars happened. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, uh, like after, you know, obviously Looper hit and was a success, and and people are talking about him, and, and then you know Star Wars comes down the pike eventually. But like, what was it like to be his pal oh. while he was trying to get that gig? You know. Well, I'll tell you. I, I will tell you a story that that uh, um, you know after he had after after he had really kind of wrapped his head around this being a possibility. He had also, you know, it was it was also about just like what kind of movie do I want to make next? You know, right. that was that was the big question. Yeah, was currency. you know, was yeah, and and you know, he's a guy who has always made, you know, he'd, at that point he had made three very original films and had written very original screenplays that hadn't been made um, as well. You know, he's just a guy who really had a wealth of original um, uh, material and. You know, at that point in his career, there was sort of he had this question, you know, OK, do I want to maybe uh, work on material that isn't original, that's based on on something based on, uh, you know, a pre-existing piece of, of of media. Right. And of course, uh, you know, the the big daddy of those pieces of material is Star Wars. Right. And I think he had this concern uh, that you know, he had, he had made his bones kind of coming up with his own ideas from scratch. And I think that there was sort of a concern on his part of, of thinking, well, you know, what happens when I, you know, when I already sort of have a foundation when there's already maybe a skeleton there of, right. of things to use and we're sitting on his porch and we started talking about being little kids and, um, and we realized that, before we knew really what movies were, we kind of knew what Star Wars was. Like before we played, let's make a movie. Mm -hmm. We played Star Wars. And I, I think that that kind of um, sentiment and that kind of thought helped him prepare mentally, you know, and, and, and helped his soul sort of prepare for, the concept of of uh, of taking it on because it, you know when you realize that this is something that is such a huge part of you and 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 really does you know kind of predate your your uh your, uh, your job your career yeah. yeah you know it is it's like it's it it was it 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 is you know a, a place where the passion came from right uh that was a really profound uh, realization, at least for me, I don't know about for him, sure. but when I, when we had that conversation, I remember thinking to myself, holy cow, man, you're like, you're absolutely right. You're, this is, this is, this is why this is important because this is where it all sort of stems from. Right. Imagination and pretend. And, yeah. And you know, and it's, I mean, I will tell you as, as 
you know, as just a diehard fan and a fan of movies in general and, and just, you know, nerd culture and all those things. I mean, when they announced that he was going to be directing, uh, you know, episode eight, um, it was I re- rejoice. I mean, it was just like, oh, my God, like they 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 got it. Disney knows what they're doing. They hired somebody who's, you know, who, who's that the nerds know how badass he is. And I think that is a um, I mean, of all of the cat, you know, the, the directors that have been announced. I mean, that was something that that really made me have faith that everything's going to be cool. Like things are gonna, you know, work out, and we got some some really wonderful things to look forward to. Um, when he, uh, when when you first learned that he got the gig, um, like was it a party? Did was it like you know Luke coming back from the Death Star? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think that there was a you know in 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 our in our business uh, it's very rare that you you know, feel like you win a lottery ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's always a process. And I think in, you know, again, credit to how he kind of carries himself. Uh, I think as exciting as the idea of making a star Wars movie was, you know, he, he really, really, really wanted to, and, and still does and is working literally right now to ensure that it's done the right way and that it's done with the kind of care and, and respect and, and reverence that it deserves. And so I think every step of the way, the sort of process leading up to, you know, writing it and, 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 and production and hiring, you know, the, the people that you have to hire and, and, uh, and going out to London for, you know, over a year to go make it all of that, every little, uh, kind of step, you know, you, you celebrate and you feel like you've, uh, uh, accomplished something, but it's just that it's just a step, right. you know, it's sort of never, I feel like it never really ends because even after you make the movie, uh, you know, here we are, it's been more than 10 years. I'm still talking about how great an experience brick was right. just meeting this guy in a room to talk about Raymond Chandler and Dashiell Hammett. You know, you're constantly, it's, it, it, it's just, it becomes your family. It becomes a member of your family. It's exciting, and I think you know. I mean, look, I'm I can't wait for the Last Jedi, but you know, I'm also equally. Well, I can't say equally, honestly, but I am incredibly excited to see what he does next. And I think that the you know the doors that will open for him, um, and the kind of the freedom that he'll have as a filmmaker is very exciting because he's a guy that that's that's original, and he's you know, and he's got a he's has things to say and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch how that that develops um i agree i agree man i i you know i just uh i'm just so excited to uh to to see uh what he does with this movie and then what he does next and 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 subsequently after that and sort of how you know it it every job that he's done has been bigger than the last one and that doesn't just mean, you know, it's been bigger in terms of, of, of budget and number of people working on it, but also bigger in scope. Right. Um, and I think even if he were to make a movie that, you know, 
was like a chamber drama in a way it would be bigger in scope because every time you have one of these experiences where you make a movie and you're the the leader and the and the no pun intended force behind it exactly you're like wow man i just had a paladin now look what you can do exactly i've just had a whole set of experiences that i didn't have before no one experience one actor one crew member is the same as the next so it's like as this guy continues to sort of amass all of this xp man it is like gonna go wild it's just gonna collect and you're able to kind of collect different voices and actors and 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 collaborators like your freaking katamari and uh it's a um you know and it'll be interesting to see who you know has he starts go rolling down the the you know his career who comes in and who are some of the people that he that that he gets to play with and maybe that you get to play with as well I mean, you know, I probably uh, uh, after all this ass kissing that I've done on this podcast, uh, I, I would say that you're I'm definitely going to get a spot in his next movie, man. Definitely going to be the lead <laughs> of his of his. I would say that I'll probably do like a like a Peter Sellers style, like I'll play like four or five different roles. Uh and also, like, if I just start talking about how handsome he is, then definitely going to guarantee that yeah, be... huge <laughs> He's got a big, giant. <laughs> oh, so my goodness. We... There you go. Well why, well, why don't we end the Star Wars minute Attack of the Clone season with that one? Um, so, listen, Noah, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, this was a lot of fun. And uh, and hopefully uh, the, the audience there will, will get something out of it. Um and, uh, you know, do you have anything uh, that we should be keeping an eye out for coming up anytime you know, soon? Just uh, uh, just, you know, my, my own weird little movies that uh, that I keep trucking along um, uh, making and uh, hopefully uh, uh, something that uh, that I'll be uh, writing and, and maybe directing coming up. But, uh, you know, generally, uh, I'm just uh, I'm just happy to be here. So and that's that's my that's my that's my uh, uh, philosophy in general. So if you find me on, on Twitter or, uh, you know, at a movie theater or something, just know that I'm, I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to be with you. Whoever you are, I'm happy to be with you. <laughs> that's beautiful. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us here on the uh, on the Star Wars. Morning. I would I, I would like to leave uh, the audience with one last thing um, that my fantastic theme music this this uh, this this past week that you've all been hearing is done by a none other than the great tony faxton um and i would like to thank him for uh for for the efforts there um noah uh have a wonderful evening uh this has been the uh the star wars minute, minute. this movie is garbage it's the worst one two three four Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.